Well, good evening. Welcome. I'm Andrew, and it's just such a privilege to, to, to be here with you. Uh, we've got this series that we're starting for a new year, and uh, I've already given you a bit of a hint what I'm talking about tonight in terms of making space for God in our lives, or, or as I was careful to say, because it was so important as we were coming up uh, to, to just use that physical sign of oil, that actually it's God who makes space for us. But we'll, we'll come to that in a, in a moment. Um, they say the definition of a New Year resolution, it's a commitment that goes in one year and comes out the other. Yeah? So I don't know how many resolutions you've made. We're making some resolutions. Can you put picture, my picture of my elephant up? Is that okay? I think you've shown that yet. There you are. There's a bit of a resolution. That's a picture of me taken recently in Norfolk. And... Nikki took the picture. Um, so yeah, we've made this resolution as a church that we want to, to respond to three callings that we think God has, has placed on our hearts. And um, if you've, uh, you may have had given to you uh, a sheet either last week or this week, you'll have it just explains a little bit more about this, uh, this sense of the callings that we believe that God has put on, uh, on us as a church as we go into a new chapter, not only a new year, but a new chapter of mission. And here they are up on the, up on the screen. Uh, you'll find them on the back of the, the, the leaflet that we gave out. Again, they're more available at the back. So positioning before God. And they're, they're, if you like, there are actually three, three postures. So there's a, a positioning before God, that posture. posture. There's a, a partnering to serve. And there's a planting for life. As I, I said last week, uh, we're, we're not laying out a great program of activity that's connected with those things. We've got lots of ideas. We're full of ideas uh, as a leadership team. Um, but we know that this is, these are callings on us as God's people together. So we want these things to be shaped by, by God. And we're beginning with, uh, with the, this personal posture of being before God. It's a, a posture of humility. It's recognizing that God is God. It's a posture of expectancy, that he is the source of all good things. It's a posture of hope, that he will lead us into the shape of things to come, the vision that he has for us personally uh, and, and as a church. I, I don't know if you're aware of this, if you're new to thinking about being a follower of Jesus, you might not be, but uh, basically uh, about 300 years after Jesus lived and died and rose again, about 300 years into people following him, uh, the emperor of the then Roman Empire, Constantine, became a Christian. And that, that changed so many different things. Uh, you might think that it was a great thing. And, it, and of course, in some ways, it, it led to the spread of Christianity in the most enormous ways through the then Roman Empire. You could reach all the ends of the known earth. But one of the consequences of Christianity, of, of being a follower of Jesus, being so influenced by, by Roman and Greek thought, was this. And it's, it's prevalent today Many of the people you might talk to about faith will think about faith in a sort of uh, Greek-Roman kind of way of thinking about it, Hellenistic way of thinking about it. They'll think about faith as a concept. 
as something that you intellectualize about, you, you theorize about. Theology, thinking about God, is a good thing. I had to go to Vicar Factory to do it, so it must be. But, but that way of thinking about faith as, a, as an intellectual sort of concept, as an idea, as, as abstract notions that you then say to you, you know, you then choose to have that faith is very, very different from the Jewish culture and the Jewish way of thinking into which God comes in Jesus Christ. In a, in a Jewish culture, a Jewish way of thinking, faith is not abstract but concrete. Faith can never be just something that's, that's one part of your life. A compartment in your life. Faith is holistic. It's the whole of your life by definition. And faith means active trust. Active trust. That's why I felt it was important for us to, to have some way, and there's nothing magic about what we did. Of course, in so many ways, it was maybe good quality, um, I don't know, virgin olive oil that we have here. I've never seen it. But, but the action, the action to dare to believe, that actually coming forward and saying to God, if you're real and you're here tonight, I'm open to you. I just want to do this, this thing of being anointed. It, it is biblical. It's scriptural. I want to just have this outward sign to represent something going on inside me. And for any of us who did that, but, but don't worry if you didn't. Because God is constantly offering the opportunity. It's active trust. It's a step of faith. And I love, I love a Jewish way of thinking about the glory of God. We again, sometimes if we're influenced by Greek thinking, we kind of think about the glory of God. We think about heaven. We think about everything that is to come in the future. But a Jewish way of thinking about the glory of God is it's all around you, all of the time. The kingdom of God. God being in his rightful place in your life and in the world. It's here now. And every step you take, every faith action that you take is like a spark of the glorious light of the kingdom. Don't you, don't you love that, that thought? It's so, I'm, I'm, you know, it's godly. That's why it's so inspiring to think that that small action, singing a song, stepping forward, receiving oil, praying for someone, a good word, every, every good action that is orientated towards God is a spark of the kingdom. The deal is about following so last week we had a quick look at Matthew 28. Let's just put it up on the screens again or you can open your Bibles. Don't worry, I'm not going to spend too long into this. But uh, here we are. This is Jesus' final mission briefing, isn't it, to, to his followers. And I made a couple of comments about it last week. Here's a, here's a couple more. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. 
Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the earth, the age. Paul Harcourt, who uh, is a leader of a thing called New Wine. Many of us are familiar with the New Wine movement of churches. Trinity is part of that. Many of us go to a summer conference. Paul has written an excellent book. We've got loads of great books for this Healthy Habits series. And this one, Growing in Circles, copies, I can thoroughly recommend it. It's only about a hundred and... It's 127 pages long. It's not too long. But that's not the reason I'm recommending it. I'm recommending it because it is packed full of some real wisdom about following Jesus. And Paul notices, as other commentators do, that in Jesus' final instructions to his followers, it's come and go. Come closer and go. Come closer, come closer, and go, and go. There are four essential elements, aren't they? Just packed into those verses. Let's put them up on the screens really quickly just to get through. The first thing is, by definition, it is a way of life. So I don't know if any of you have not really caught on to that. It's a way of life. Um, I'm 54. It's easy to think. I've been on this way for quite a long time. It's easy to think that you've kind of made it. It's easy to think that all of the emphasis in learning is at the beginning of your Christian journey. But actually the reality is it's a lifelong journey. If you're here tonight and you're feeling a bit stuck, if you're here tonight and you're feeling a bit dissatisfied, even with, your, even with this church or your, your own church, if you're visiting us, question who's stuck? Who's, who needs to learn? Who needs to say, Jesus, it's a way of life for the whole of life? Jesus says, I'm with you to the very end. And the focus is on learning, intentionally being a learner. To, to be a disciple, many of you will know, in, in this culture at this time, was, uh, was to be an apprentice. To be an apprentice uh, to learn your trade through following, through doing, through the active trust that I've been speaking about already. It's not theoretical knowledge, it's practical experience on the job training. And so Jesus says to his followers, go and make other followers by teaching them everything that I have told you. Not your own ideas, not your own thoughts, but replicate what you've seen in me. Third one, it's done in relationship. If any of you, as you came forward and you're, you're wanting that oil on your, on your hands because you're wanting to say yes at the beginning of a new year, I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to go deeper with you, Jesus. I want to go closer with you, Jesus. Can I just tell you, the answer will be doing it with some other people. The answer will be finding some people who you can trust, who love you, who will help you to go on your journey. 
If you don't have somebody in your life who can speak into your life and can say, as I have people who say to me, Andrew, let's get real. Take off the lead pastor mask. Take off, you know, you, you, can, you can talk for England. You've always got the right answer. Let's get real. I need people like that. You need people like that. And also, friends, you need to be investing in other people like that. We live in a culture which is screaming against any idea of appropriate accountability. We live in a culture which screams, how dare you? How dare you even presume to comment on my lifestyle and and, and the way I'm living? And yet the way of Jesus is together. And of course, the togetherness is for support, for encouragement, for help, for learning together. And fourthly, if it's authentic, your following will impact others, won't it? Go and make disciples is the primary command. Go and make, be followers who make other followers. And so we're in this Healthy Habits series. We're asking ourselves, what are the healthy habits of faithful followers of of Jesus Christ? Um, Last week and in the handout, I put this little grid up from a guy called John Mark Comer, who again was teaching at this thing called New Wine last year, 2017. And John Mark's written a number of books. Again, we've got them on on the bookstool. They're great for thinking about the practicalities of apprenticeship to Jesus Christ, of following Jesus Christ. And we put that little grid up. But the problem with with putting it up, it's a, a representation of some of the historic spiritual practices that Christians have used to help them to, to grow in their faith. As Tim was saying this morning, the problem with giving any kind of list is religion. It duty ought, must. I love the way that, that, that Tim had a, a variation on a theme of, of this, uh, giving some different things. And he said, and, and I, it was so true because I was doing it. He said, even now you're looking around those different, different spiritual disciplines and practices, or you're looking in the, uh, the, the, the leaflet that we've been giving out, and you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm not too bad on that one. Hmm, not so good on that one. But I bet I'm better than her on that one. That's religion. That's religion, isn't it? My favourite religious joke is the, uh, the Roman Catholic priest, the Baptist minister and the rabbi who are arguing about which of their faiths, which of their religions is the best. And, and to decide to sort this out, they decide to have a competition. They'll each go into the woods and try and convert a bear. Okay? A little while later, they come back, and, uh, and the Roman Catholic priest says, well, actually, it's gone really well. I started by uh, just uh, pr- uh, spraying some holy water and, and praying, and next week, the bear is going to take his first communion. The Baptist minister said, well, actually, it went quite well for me as well. well I found a bear by a, by a river, and uh, I, I started by preaching the word of God to the bear, and eventually the bear decided it wanted to be baptized 
in the water. They turn to the rabbi, who they noticed is covered in blood and clothes are ripped. And the rabbi says, maybe I shouldn't have begun with circumcision. We're not talking about, for all those offended, my name is David Baker. (laughs) We're not talking about religion. Atheists spend most of their time talking about religion. We're talking about following. We're talking about drawing closer to God. That's why, that's why we went off script tonight. That's why Josh and the, and the band sing their songs. Not, not for any sense of adulation or, or, or focus on themselves. That's, that's why we, we just try to be open to God and say, Holy Spirit, God with us now. How can we draw closer to you? You don't want religion. You want our hearts. Here's some words that, uh, that are from the message version of the Bible from a letter 1 John 4. We'll put them up on the screens. This is how we know we're living steadily and deeply in him and he in us. He's given us life from his life, from his very own spirit. Also, we've seen for ourselves and continue to state openly that the Father sent his Son as Savior of the world. Everyone who confesses that Jesus is God's Son participates continuously in an intimate relationship with God. We know it so well. We've embraced it, heart and soul, this love that comes from God. God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house, becomes at home and matures in us so that we're free of worry on judgment day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ's. Paul Harcourt has a lot more to say about that in in a wonderful way. He just draws attention to that last phrase. Our standing in Christ, because, because Jesus died on the cross and rose again. And gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit, God within us. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in us. As adopted daughters and sons into Christ, we have the same standing as Jesus. And it is through intimacy with God. It is the drawing closer to God that is the essence of following Jesus. You only have to read the Gospels 
the accounts of Jesus' life for just a very short period to say that within to see that both within the web and the weave of the busyness of his days and in times apart, he constantly makes space for his relationship with God. It's, it's everywhere in the Gospels. I don't have time to go through them. But intentionally making space for a connection with God is the absolute root and foundation of Jesus' life. The intimacy he has with the Father is the secret behind his wisdom, his compassion, and his power. And it wasn't, it wasn't automatic for him because he was the son of God. Luke tells us that Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. In the book of Hebrews, Jesus learned obedience through suffering. Jesus chose determined to draw continually close to his father God and therefore he demonstrated the power of the Holy Spirit in fullness without limits so from this slide you just see intentionally drawing close to God is how Jesus was able to understand and and express his ministry it's how he was able to make important decisions it was how he was able to deal with emotions troubling ones like grief it was how he was able to deal with the constant demands of his ministry how he cared for his soul being in close intimate relationship with how he was able to teach his disciples it's how he prepared for important events it's how he prepared for the cross So if we're serious about following Jesus, if you don't want this to be a resolution that's in one year and out the next, then the conscious choice to draw closer to God, make space in your life, is the answer. In deeper relationship with God, you will experience his peace. Do you face decisions that you don't know how to make? Do you face emotions that you don't know how to deal with? Do you have questions about your purpose, your identity? In deeper relationship with God, you will know your purpose and you will share in his power. And as I've already said, the great news is that God makes the space for us. This is not about religious duty and practice. This is about a relationship that is already offered to us. Again, it was deliberate to do the oil on hands because we, we put our hands out and we received just a sign and a symbol of God's love for us in the cross. And the thing is, God's hands are already out to you and me. Maybe you're here tonight and you've not yet thought of yourself as a follower of Jesus. Well, God's hands are outstretched towards yours. Right now. This second. And faith is not an intellectual idea. I could not give you, you know, a, a killer argument to believe in it. 
But then I can't give you a killer argument to believe in why I love Nikki. But I know I do. And she knows that I do. God's hands are outstretched. If you've not started following Jesus, you can right now. And you've started maybe. You are a follower, but while life happens, well, there are the hands. There are the hands. The invitation. You see, making space in our lives, time for God, both, both in the busyness of life, along the way, and in those special moments when we choose to, to go for a walk, or we take a, a retreat day, or we, we just do whatever will put us in a place where God can speak to us, where we can listen, is a, is a gift from God, not a, not a task. God invites us and makes space and he invites us to call him Abba, Daddy, Father, the closest intimate of relationships. We don't have to to make a conversation happen. We join in with a divine conversation that's already happening between God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We pray to a father who's already listening through, through Jesus, who's died on the cross to clear the way, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, who makes perfect in the Father's ear whatever it is we're trying to communicate and say. I think I've said this before in this church. When I'm praying, I so often think of Jesus talking into God's ear, saying, what Andrew's trying to say is, isn't that a gift? And the the pattern and the shape of it is is to be our shape. Yes, because Christians have been doing this following for a while, there'll be common elements to it. But just delight in the fact that we believe in a God who is incarnational. He steps in and shapes himself perfectly and precisely in your life, as well as being transformational. He won't leave you the way that he finds you. We don't have to adopt anybody else's pattern, even though we'd be wise to learn together from old rhythms. But of course, the final three things, which will be on the bottom of that slide, they're the things we say on Alpha courses. It has to be planned doesn't happen by chance. We need to set aside place in our lives. We do that, as Tim again said this morning, we do that so easily, don't we, for the things that we want to do. Time is not a problem. Time is not the problem. Time is not the problem. And then persistence. So there you are, friends. There's an invitation from our God to make space in our lives for Him to draw closer. 
It's an invitation to us personally. And it's an invitation to us as a whole church. We're so excited, so, so excited by the possibilities of what God wants Trinity Cheltenham to be and what he wants Trinity Cheltenham to do. But he has to be able to trust us. He has to be able to know that we're up for it. He has to know that we're willing to position ourselves humbly before him. Time is not the problem. The question is about desire. Desire. 